You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Jared Key. Jared, thanks so much for being with me today. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Let's see. Today is August 4th. We're still in, in the kind of 2021, I guess, pandemic um, here. What's, what's happening with you? You're in Providence and you're... Uh, in your studio, or are you working on something? What's in your orbit at the moment in terms of uh, upcoming shows or, or, what, or what you're working on? Totally. So I am in Providence right now. I am. Um, I actually just closed a show at the Brochez Benda Gallery in Chelsea. Um, it was a group show called Fragmented Bodies Part Two, um, and it was. I mean, it was amazing. I had two cement paintings in that show, um, which is great. I also. I think I have one more week in a show right now at 1969 in Tribeca. Um, there's a train passing by. The luxurious <laughs> Providence mm. studio life. Um, mm. So I have a show at 1969, which is like a, a works on paper show. So I have two monetized in that show, which is really cool and exciting. There are like 35 artists in it. So it's a really big paper group show. And that show has been doing really well. So I'm excited about that. Um, and right now I'm in my studio and I've been, picking a lot of flowers this summer. You know, it's COVID, and I feel like so many people have been starting to do stuff inside. And I feel like I've just been a little bit slower and more hesitant to, like, necessarily, like, have all of my activities happen inside. And so one of the things that I've really been enjoying doing, actually, is, well, picking wildflowers, like, flowers from, like, if I just pass a flower on a bush, like, taking it, or, like, there's a little meadow of flowers, um, on Young Oak Third and Charlesfield um, around on the east side of Providence. And so I go there, I pick flowers. I've been sitting out there and painting flowers. And it's been like a really amazing part of my practice because I, my cement paintings have had imagery of bucolic scenes, black people surrounded by flowers and blue garments, paint blue garments. And now I'm really thinking about the flower as a new kind of land stewardship a new kind of symbol to talk about land ownership or even just creating some kind of portrait um, using the natural environment around you. Maybe this environment that this person owns or maybe this environment that's like next to this person in this person's community and having ownership of the beauty that happens in that area. So, yeah, so I've been painting, um, I've been painting flowers and I have been taking like dates, like random Tinder dates, um, to go pick flowers with me, and I've been painting portraits of them, like with these flower bouquets that they pick. Um, so it's been really fun and beautiful. And so I've been doing those on panel with oil. And um, so yeah, so right now, I mean, the, right now I'm just sort of taking a break from the cement paintings, because basically I'm getting ready for a solo show at 1969 in March. And so that show will have cement paintings, that show will have cement paintings that also have kind of panel blocks in them so that you have this texture shift from the really rough that cement gives you and the really kind of smooth panel gives you. And then I'll also have panel painting. So yeah, I'm just like low-key, just getting ready for that show, trying to get some ideas clear in my head before I really start making the full bodies of work. Like, I've already started, but just making like, you know, the serial thing. So it's been really good. I love that. I'd love to talk more about flowers, collecting them, painting them. Um, let's talk a little bit about the cement work too, because you, you know, that those those are such different mediums. And since that's coming up at 1969, um, you know, the combination of those, 
Let's talk a little bit about the cement paintings. Um, how did that begin, and, and, and what are those? Because I've, I've totally. seen those around, and I know you've made prints, but, yeah, can you explain the, the cement paintings, how, how that began, if it was on paper, and, um, yeah, and, and, and a little bit about that body of work. And then we'll go to flowers, because, it, you know, it's kind of such an interesting juxtaposition, both of those bodies mm-hmm. of work, it seems. So um, the cement paintings, I kind of, like, you know, my practice is specular in the sense that I work on various things. Like, I might build a hot comb out of black steel. I might forge a hot comb, and that's going to lead me to make a garment out of fabric to go with a hot comb, which is going to lead me to making a drawing of people wearing these garments, and then it's going to lead me to making a painting, you know. And so, so much of my practice is kind of like, you know, almost like walking in a circle and creating these objects that become um, referential in my work. And the cement paintings is kind of like that, too. So I basically started, when I was in grad school, I used to ask every person that came to do a studio visit in my studio to close their eyes and imagine a black person in an environment, and then to open their eyes and tell me where they saw them. And so people would say, oh, I saw black people you know, walking down the street, I saw black people playing basketball, I saw black people, you know, in front of a bodega, I saw black people, so one person said I saw black people in prison, um, and, and that was really interesting information, because at the same time while I was collecting this information, I was really reflecting on my own journey from Alabama to New York City, and I realized that so many people, so many black people had done that same trip, that same migration, when I think about Jacob Lawrence's paintings, for example, and we think about um, post-World War II, the flight of black people from the rural south into urban northern centers, there's a large history of people likely coming from rural Alabama and going to the north into urban environments. So, I'm, so me, as someone from Alabama who grew up in the rural south, I'm used to grass and trees and horses and chickens and then to be surrounded in a new environment that I would say the largest defining factor is cement, like in New York City, that became sort of an interesting um, entryway for me. So I was like, wow, this history of black people transitioning environments and being in environments of um, now environments that are completely filled with cement is sort of where where my head went. And then I was like, oh, okay, cool. So what what does it mean to be a black person? So I was like reflecting on my own experience and I was reflecting on the history of dispossession and disenfranchisement of black people in urban centers and was like, what are we missing when we're in urban centers, though? I was like, well, land ownership. Not a lot of black people own the property that they live, in, live on in urban centers. Um, access to food, access to nature, the ability to travel with security, the ability to rest with security, not being a perpetual worker. What does leisure look like? And so then I started thinking about um, and then I was like, wow, what would be like my, when I was in New York City, what was my fantasy? I was like, my fantasy was being outside, surrounded by my friends and community. And then that, and being, and creating this sanctuary where black people might have ownership of the land, where black people can actually rest with security without hyper surveillance from the police. Because while I've been making these cement paintings, a lot's been going on in the world, particularly last year, obviously COVID has happened. And with the advent of COVID, when black people were in, so white people were hanging out in Washington Square Park when everyone was trying to hang out outside, and cops last March would come up to them and say, hey, like, here's a mask, like, you know, you're supposed to have a mask on outside, like, we're in the middle of this, this 
pandemic. In black neighborhoods down the street from where I lived in Brooklyn, black people were being arrested and accosted for being outside with masks on, without, for being outside without masks on. And it's just like, why are we so threatened by black people being outside? They're not threatened by white people being outside. What is, and so then that kind of led me to another spiral. So these paintings really become questions about ownership, black land ownership, land agency over land, security, leisure, um, reacclimation, returning to the land, being stewards of land, agriculture um, as ways of self-sustainment, as ways of community building, and as ways of just like, you know, peace and relaxation and security and safety. So yeah, I mean, that's, and that's sort of how it happened. So I mean, and so I, while that was happening, you know, I'm making garments. And so I started making these paint blue garments that became kind of seminal for the figures in my works. Paint blue is the color of crushed indigo leaves. And in the South, people paint verandas, the ceilings of verandas with this paint blue color because it's meant to ward off spirits from coming into your house. They look up before passing through the threshold of your house and see your ceiling, which looks like the sky, and then they pass over. So I've been thinking a lot about that. I love that. I've never heard that before. I love that. Yeah. And the scenes are filled with... um, it's kind of like imaginary um, rural Alabama landscape. So you have pine trees, you have a lot of flowers that are native to Alabama um, in the paintings, featured in the paintings. And yeah, so that's kind of the project right now. So it's been really great. It's been really rewarding because the surface of the, of the cement paintings, you know, it's yeah, what, is that, what does that mean exactly, cement paintings? Because it, it sounds like fresco almost or, exactly. or, or something like that. Exactly, because I basically make the paintings with cement while the, I apply the material and the mediums to, and the pigment to the, to the cement while it's still wet. And so much and like what process fresco, is that? Is, is that a fresco process? I mean, it's essentially is, fresco. Yes, it's essentially fresco. I, like, I've been researching fresco. I've been, I have tried to go to Italy now for two years in a row, obviously, there's a pandemic, um, to like, study actual traditional fresco making. Um, and a lot of the programs that I was trying to take um, and the states were also shut down because of COVID, too. So one of these years, I'm going to actually learn how to do a traditional fresco. Actually, we're trying to do it in October, so hopefully it works out in October. Um, but right now, I'm sort of, I call them my urban frescoes because I'm making them with cement. I'm making them kind of more traditional art materials and construction materials um, rather than kind of like traditional fine art fresco a la prima materials. Um, and, yeah, we'll see and of I course, really that's like a very them. different process. I mean, I mean, technically and, and just in terms of weight, I would imagine, than the, the paintings you're doing now, the flower paintings, which are on panel, you say. Is that correct? Exactly. And so my hope right now, I mean, honestly, I love the cement paintings so much. And so I'm really just trying to um, flesh out a vocabulary on the panel that really works well with the cement. So as I'm embedding the panels in the cement, you have this really beautiful textures that are moving around the surface. And the panels, I can actually give you a lot of detail with. And the cement paintings are, are definitely lower resolution. I can't get a lot of detail on them because about time, you know, it dries in an hour and a half. And then, you know, then you're painting on rock, literally. You're li- literally painting on cement. And so keeping d- the detail out of the actual cement, out of the cement paintings and allowing the panel to hold a lot more detail is kind of what I'm working on. So we'll see. And the flowers have been so beautiful, like lots of just, you know, just being a painter, painter, like glazes and subtractions and wiping out and like 
25 colors, <laughs> you know. Hmm. This has been really very Well, and painting fun. flowers is so, it's, it's, it's also a very, you know, painterly subject. And it's also, you know, about, about beauty in the world. And, and, and as you said earlier, it, it stands in pretty stark contrast to the, to, to the environment of, of cement and, and how that relates yeah. to, your, to, to your work and, and, and also to the history that you're, that you're speaking to. So, um, so the flowers have, have a message that's related to that but seems also all, all its own. It's a whole new expression, it seems, the flowers. Exactly. And I agree. And I feel like, um, and we'll see what happens. I feel like I really have enjoyed the tension between these kind of delicate the images, even with the figures, these delicate images of leisure against or trapped in truly this ground of, excuse me, this ground of cement. Like that juxtaposition alone, I think, for me, talks about my experience, like in America as a black person and how, you know, how I'm trying to experience joy at the same time that I'm trying to experience that I have to mourn at the same time that I'm being restricted in certain ways, but also trying to feel free in certain ways. And all of these objects get caught up all in, in that narrative. Um, and actually, mm-hmm. and as you're looking at the object, you can feel that tension. Um, and so that's important to me. And so as I continue but the, to... But the flowers, yeah, the, the flowers have a, have a, are, are such different types of objects in that sense. Exactly. And, and exactly, the flowers, you know, Jennifer Packer paints flowers a lot also. And what do flowers mean? Flowers are always for someone. Flowers are a portrait. Flowers are gifts. Flowers mm-hmm. are used for memorials, flowers are used for celebrations, like, you know, and, and capturing these moments of black people collecting these flowers and having them to give to someone or to celebrate this moment or just to ingest this beauty around them, to take the time to just appreciate nature is like, it's kind of really the project. And so, and it feels like so close to just, you know, it's, it's like the other side of black people just like hanging out outside and enjoying nature. It's like collecting nature and having it with you and being able to cherish it. So it's been really great. I'm excited. I mean, and it's been also it, so it, meditative too, of course. It, it is exciting. And it, it also seems uh, kind of very much, I mean, I guess I can't quite say post-pandemic yet, but, you know, the pandemic for, for many was a time of, of kind of contemplation in some ways for artists. I've talked to so many artists throughout this and everyone's in their studio, you know, more or whatever, but this but the kind of going outside and collecting flowers and bringing them to your studio as a task sounds, um, you know, very, very performative. And I know you also, you know, do exactly. performances, but, but just the kind of going out there, collecting, bringing them in, connecting, as you said earlier, I think with your environment seems kind of, uh, yeah, almost meditative in itself, almost a practice that, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's about connecting with the world in, in, in 2021. So. Exactly. Exactly, and also and, connecting with other black people, too. Because I, I, the, the three or four black people that I've taken to go flower picking have never picked flowers before, have never been like, oh, yeah, let's go outside and pick flowers. And so it's just like it becomes like this novel experience for them as well that we can talk about and share, and they can send me their arrangements. I've been painting those as well. So it's just been this really kind of, um, yeah, really trying to live the leisure that I'm painting about with my community and then making real paintings about our experiences has been really kind of amazing. I like that. And, and, and also, I mean, you talked about painting their arrangements. So there's, there's the gathering of the flowers, there's bringing them in, there's painting them, 
but there's also arranging them, right? Which is its, exactly. its, its own its, its own set of aesthetics that, that as, as you're saying, if I'm understanding correctly, uh, your friends that go with you obviously arrange differently than you arrange them. And you're painting their arrangements as well. Is that what you said? Exactly. I'm painting their arrangements as well. Because then it becomes about, you know, the, like, particularly, when, particularly in the context of um, the metal that we're picking from, it's not my property. So, like, you know, the paintings don't have to necessarily be about what does Jared do with the flowers in Jared's land. It's really about, like, how are we taking, how is this community of people, you know, enjoying this land and actually, you know, and what do, and what do they make with it? What portrait do they make with this land around them? How do they see the world around them? And what can they do in their personal arrangement? And I just feel like it's just like another, it's like another, a different kind of portrait, you know, a different kind of song, a different kind of, um, a different kind of letter. I love so, that. Uh, thank you. Thanks so much, Jared. I, I, I'm, I'm excited to hear about your upcoming show. There's links in here, of course, so people can go to your website and, and, and come to the show. Um, but 1969, that's coming up in other shows. I, I wanted to also ask you one more question, which is, what are you reading at the moment? Okay, yeah. So I've been thinking a lot about black people flying. So the kind of like outside of me thinking significantly about flowers and picking flowers, and this is the season, so I'm trying to take advantage of it. I've been thinking a lot about, you know, what is the ultimate sign of black freedom? You know, it, for me, it's like black people being outside is a great image, like clear, no boundaries, clear horizon forever. You know, that looks like freedom to me. But then I was like, what is, a, what is the ultimate expression of freedom? And I was like, maybe black people literally getting off the ground and flying through the air. Maybe that's what black freedom is. And so I, as, as, in terms of an image, and I, then I, and so I started making these paintings, and then I started doing research <laughs> about six months later after I was like starting to be just, like just preliminary like drawings and sketches and stuff. And I realized um, that there is a history of black people flying, actually. And uh, so there's this, there's this book, there's two books, actually. Um, one is called, it's by Virginia Hamilton, and it's, um, I think it's called, like, The Black People Who Fly. And it's basically a parable, it's like black parables that were from coastal Georgia and South Carolina predominantly um, that talk about, and in one of the stories, black people fly in this story. And so that story is actually taken from the history of um, from black people in this very specific community in coastal Georgia, where they were the last, basically they were the last slaves to arrive to America. So, so legally, so they would have arrived like in 1856. And because of their truly late arrival, their relationship to African culture is really tight and deep even to this day. So there's like, there's still like the, like, um, so that shows them the way they eat, the way that they drink, the way that they um, make food, the way that they talk about things, the way they describe things, and also this history with flying. So the book that I'm currently reading is called Drums and Shadows, and it's basically um, kind of a problematic book that um, in the 20s through the 40s, um, basically white federal workers came to this community and interviewed them about things that, about the living African culture in this community. And something that the, these interviewers realized is that every black person had a story about someone flying. And I was, and so the thing that the interviewers kept asking themselves, like, this must be a metaphor, this must be a metaphor. 
And the black people are looking them in the face and saying, no, I saw this woman get off the ground and fly back to Africa. And why I love black flight and why I love this is because how do we live, how do we hold two things that don't make sense in our head at the same time? How can one person's reality defy another person's physics? And what happens and how do you negotiate that space as a viewer? How do you negotiate, how does the interviewer negotiate that space with that black person who is saying, everything that you know about physics is wrong? And I just feel like that's amazing. So anyway, so I'm reading this book that basically is just like all these black people telling stories about their community and about black people flying. So it's been really amazing. I love that. (laughs) Jared, thank you so much for talking with me today. It's really been a pleasure, and I wish you well with your upcoming show. Thank you so much. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.